This is the broadcast voice of Marshall University. WMUL-FM, Huntington, West Virginia. And now, News Center 88 at 5, the area source for the most complete news coverage from across the campus of Marshall University and the Huntington Tri-State area. And now, the News Center 88 team. Good evening, everyone. For this Monday, September 25th, 2023, I'm Luke Hamilton. And I'm Michaela Wheeler. Coming up this evening on News Center 88, NASA's first asteroid samples land on Earth after a release from spacecraft. All on your only daily source for Marshall Broadcast News. Emma Johnson will be in with the Metro Huntington weather forecast, and John Boggess will be in with the FM 88 Sports Report. The current temperature outside is a cloudy 71 degrees. And now on to our top story. Just a few years ago, artificial intelligence got barely a mention at the UN General Assembly's convocation of world leaders. But after the release of ChatGPT last fall, turbocharged both excitement and anxieties about AI. It's been a sizzling topic this year at diplomacy's biggest yearly gathering. Governments at various levels are mulling or have already passed AI regulation, but many eyes are on the UN as perhaps the only place to tackle the issue at scale. The world body is set to convene an AI advisory board this fall. New Zealand Prime Minister Chris Hipkins is facing an uphill battle to woo voters less than three weeks before an election. Opinion polls put his Labour Party significantly behind the more conservative National Party, led by former businessman Christopher Luxon. Today, Hipkins campaigned in New Plymouth. He visited an art gallery, talked about home insulation with tradespeople, and handed out sausages at an event to promote renewable energy. In an interview with the Associated Press, he talked about dealing with natural disasters, his country's trade relationship with India, and an increased number of disruptions on the campaign trail. Hampkins took over as prime minister when Jacinda Ardern unexpectedly stepped down in January. Oil prices are up, and that affects people far and wide. Drivers pay more for gasoline and truckers more for diesel. Russia is earning money that it can use to wage its war against Ukraine. Central bankers may see more inflation coming and keep interest rates high. Behind the recent bump in the price is Saudi Arabia's decision to slash how much oil it sends to global markets through the end of the year. Russia also is cutting back, and less supply means higher prices. Some analysts are betting oil could hit $100, while others foresee that mediocre growth in major economies like China will keep the lid on prices. A Georgia man says authorities wrongly arrested him based on a match generated by a facial recognition technology. Randall Corrin Reed filed a lawsuit this month against the Louisiana detective who sought his arrest warrant. Reed, who goes by Corrin, says he spent six days in a Georgia jail before officials corrected their mistake. The detective, Andrew Bartholomew, declined to comment. Corrin is among at least five black plaintiffs who have sued law enforcement in recent years, alleging they were wrongly arrested on the basis of facial recognition technology. Some states have limited its use as critics say it misidentifies people of color more than white people. Supporters say it's a vital tool. A space capsule carrying NASA's first asteroid samples has landed in the Utah desert. The OSIRIS-REx spacecraft released the capsule yesterday, following a seven-year journey to asteroid Bennu and back. The capsule peeled away 63,000 miles from Earth, four hours ahead of the planned landing. Scientists expect to get at least a cup of rubble from Bennu. Japan collected about a teaspoon in a pair of asteroid missions. The pristine samples are believed to be leftover building blocks from the dawn of our solar system. OSIRIS-REx, the mothership, is already targeting another asteroid. Coming up, Biden administration announces $1.4 billion to improve rail safety and boost capacity in 35 states. 
That and more news from across the tri-state when New Center 88 returns right after this. Tired of the same old music every day? Check out our selection of alternative music like... Check us out Tuesday through Thursday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Monday through Wednesday at night, 9 p.m. to 6 a.m. Get your dose of the latest and greatest of the progressive indie and alternative genre. Only the best on WMUL 88.1 The Cutting Edge. Are you tired of missing your favorite WMUL programming? <laughs> no worries. Check out WMUL's online archive at marshall.edu slash WMUL. Every episode of our news and sports programming, every story from the New Center 88 and FM 88 sports teams, and much more. marshall.edu slash WMUL. More than 100 million wild animals are killed each year illegally. Poaching is a major threat to our country's wildlife. I'm Tom Barry. I'm an actor with a desire to preserve living space for wildlife. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust does just that. Works with private landowners to protect wildlife to preserve natural habitats. To learn more or to work with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, call 800-729-SAVE. That's 800-729-SAVE or visit wildlifelandtrust.org. Thank you. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best spot news reporting by the Virginia's Associated Press. I'm Luke Hamilton. And I'm Michaela Wheeler. Historians are racing to locate Great Lakes shipwrecks before a seemingly unstoppable invasive mussel destroys them and erases part of the region's heritage. Quagga mussels are finger-sized mollusks native to Russia and Ukraine. They were discovered in 1989 in the Great Lakes, which touch eight U.S. states and the Canadian province of Ontario. Similar to zebra mussels, they can attach themselves to almost anything and have spread throughout the lower Great Lakes, outcompeting zebra mussels. Now they've carpeted thousands of shipwrecks, layering themselves so thickly their weight could topple bulkheads and decks on wooden vessels. They also can produce acid that eats away at metal shipwrecks. Even after escalating its strike against Detroit automakers, the United Auto Workers Union still has plenty of leverage in its effort to force companies to agree to significant increases in pay and benefits. Only about 12% of the union's membership is so far taking part in the walkout. The UAW could, if it chose to, vastly expand the number of workers who could strike assembly plants and parts facilities of General Motors, Ford, and Stellantis. Yet the UAW's emerging strategy also carries potentially significant risks for the union. By expanding its strike from three auto assembly plants to 38 part distribution centers, the UAW risks angering people who might be unable to have their vehicles repaired. A growing number of states are offering dental care to low-income adults who in the past had to rely on charity or the emergency room to treat their toothaches. From Tennessee to Maine, lawmakers have agreed to spend hundreds of millions of dollars to offer adults on Medicaid, the federal health program, to get dental care. 
The federal government doesn't require states to provide dental care to adults through Medicaid, only to children. Several states have offered limited or no dental coverage to their poorest residents. That has changed since the pandemic, with lawmakers embracing the idea that expanded care saves money and has other health benefits in nearly two dozen states agreeing to expand care. Since 2020, nearly 30 states have spent tens of millions of dollars to offer or expand care, according to CareQuest Institute for Oral Health, a nonprofit that advocates for expanded dental care. The Food and Drug Administration meets this week to consider a much-debated treatment for Lou Gehrig's disease. The deadly neurological disease has few treatment options. Neurone, a stem cell therapy, is at the center of a years-long lobbying campaign by patients seeking access to experimental medicines. But the FDA has repeatedly rebuffed drugmaker Brainstorm. The agency says the company's only study failed to show a benefit for patients. The review is the starkest test yet of FDA's commitment to regulatory flexibility to help patients with rare, deadly conditions. Advocates see reasons for optimism. The FDA has approved two new treatments for ALS in the past year after intense lobbying by patients. The Biden administration has awarded $1.4 billion to projects improving railway safety and boosting rail capacity. Much of the money comes from the 2021 infrastructure law. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg said today, quote, these projects will make American rail safer, more reliable and more resilient, unquote. Buttigieg says the projects will benefit dozens of communities where railroads are located and strengthen supply chains. The money is funding 70 projects in 35 states and Washington, D.C. Railroad safety has become a concern nationwide since a Norfolk Southern train derailed in Ohio in February and caught fire after spilling hazardous chemicals. The White House says a possible government shutdown would undermine railway safety. Coming up next, tonight's $785 million Powerball jackpot is ninth largest lottery prize. Odds of winning are miserable. That and more news from around the nation when News Center 88 returns. Stay with us. Does searching for good music on the radio feel like a wild goose chase? Hey, goose! <coughs> hey, come back here! Don't you get away from me! Aha! Gotcha! Ow! Well, your chase is over. Because throughout the week, WMUL plays many genres of music. From hip-hop to jazz to many flavors of alternative, WMUL has just what you're looking for. So don't be like this guy. Stop it, Goose! Tune in to 88.1 WMUL. The cutting edge. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism in Marshall is important. It's serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu sojmc. The worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage. Welcome back, everyone, to Lexington, Kentucky. It is still survive and advance time. Welcome back in to Fifth Third Arena, Cincinnati, Ohio. The Marshall Thundering Herd lead the 24th ranked team in the country, the Cincinnati Bearcats. Back here at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best radio news reporting by the Society of Professional Journalists Mark of Excellence Awards. I'm Luke Hamilton. And I'm Michaela Wheeler. 
More Americans believe they personally felt the impact of climate change because of recent extreme weather, including a summer that brought dangerous heat for much of the United States. That's according to new polling from the Associated Press Nork Center for Public Affairs Research. It found about 9 in 10 Americans say they have experienced at least one extreme weather event in the past five years, compared to 79 percent who said that just a few months ago in April. And about three-quarters of those believe climate change is at least partly to blame. One poll respondent who endured Phoenix's record heat wave this summer said it was the first time she's felt afraid of the changing climate. Some Lahaina residents are returning to their devastated properties for the first time since the historic Hawaii town was destroyed by wildfire nearly seven weeks ago. Authorities today allowed residents into the first area to be cleared for re-entry. It's a zone of about two dozen parcels in the northern part of Lahaina. The wildfire killed at least 97 people and destroyed more than 2,000 buildings, most of them homes. Officials urged residents not to sift through the ashes for fear of raising toxic dust. A tentative agreement between striking screenwriters and Hollywood studios offers some hope that the industry's dual walkouts may be over soon. But when will your favorite shows return? Well, it's complicated. Late-night talk shows and talk shows in general will likely be the first productions to come back on the air. Actors remain on strike, and that will complicate the return of filming on shows such as Stranger Things and movies like the Deadpool sequel. Before shooting starts again on most projects, the 11,500-member Writers Guild of America must first approve the proposed agreement. The ninth-largest lottery jackpot will be on the line when numbers are drawn for a $785 million Powerball prize. The payout for tonight's drawing has grown so large because it has been building for more than two months since a player in California matched all six numbers in July. The odds of winning the Powerball jackpot are 1 in 292.2 million. The jackpot is the ninth largest in the world, behind the top prizes in the Powerball and Mega Millions games that all topped $1 billion. Although the game highlights the $785 million prize, that is for a winner who is paid through an annuity of over 30 years. Winners almost always choose the cash payout option, which for tonight's drawing would be $367 million. Jury selection has begun in the trial of several members of an extended family who faced trial on kidnapping and terrorism charges linked to a law enforcement raid on their squalid New Mexico encampment in 2018. Authorities at the time were seeking a missing, sickly three-year-old boy whose remains were eventually found at the compound. The trial opened with jury selection today and U.S. District Court in Albuquerque against two men and two women. They have pleaded not guilty to charges of conspiring to support planned attacks on government institutions. Defense attorneys say their clients would not be facing terrorism-related charges if they were not Muslim. Coming up next, Kosovo mourns a slain police officer. Some Serb gunmen remain at large after a siege at a monastery. Your daily political update when News Center 88 returns right after this. Marshall sports journalism graduates learn transferable skills that score competitive careers. It's time for you to get in the game. Critical thinking, communication, and commitment to accuracy are desired skills in an expanding job market. Sports journalism and sports communication careers are some of the most coveted positions in the country. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu sojmc. Robin, are you seeing this? Yes, it seems like some sort of... There's someone here. What? It sounds like alternative and hip-hop. 
and jazz and blues. Mm. Is that award-winning news of sports? Gee Wilkers, Batman, what's going on? It's it's green, it's white, it's WNUL. 88.1, saving the world from bad radio. And where's Harvey Dent? Mr. Detweiler, we're all finished. Mm. What? Your knee replacement went great, and it's all because of you. What did I do? You were captain of Team Detweiler. You told us everything. Medical history, allergies. You asked us tons of questions. Huh. I guess I did kind of run the whole operation, didn't I? We couldn't have done it without you. Patient safety. It takes a team. A message from the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgeons with more tips at orthoinfo.org slash patient safety. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Luke Hamilton. And I'm Michaela Wheeler. A white Texas gunman who killed 23 people in a racist attack on Hispanic shoppers at a Walmart in 2019 has agreed to pay more than $5 million to families of the victims. U.S. District Judge David Guadarrama signed off today on the amount that Patrick Crucius must pay in restitution. Crucius was sentenced to 90 consecutive life sentences in July after pleading guilty to federal hate crime charges following one of the nation's worst mass killings. Crucius still faces a separate trial in a Texas court that could end with him getting the death penalty. Thousands of Armenians are streaming out of the Nagorno-Karabakh after the Azerbaijani military reclaimed full control of the separatist region. Meanwhile, Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan is visiting Azerbaijan in a show of support to its ally. The Azerbaijani military routed Armenian forces in a 24-hour offensive last week, reclaiming the breakaway region after three decades of separatist rule. Nagorno-Karabakh's authorities agreed to lay down weapons and start talks on the region's, quote, reintegration, unquote, into Azerbaijan. While Azerbaijan has pledged to respect the rights of ethnic Armenians and restore supplies after a 10-month blockade, many local residents fear reprisals and say they're planning on to leave for Armenia. Past high-profile trials suggest additional scrutiny and stress for the four judges overseeing the indictments against former President Donald Trump. But the challenge facing Fulton County Judge Scott McAfee in Georgia is unlike any of the others. McAfee is the only judge to allow television cameras in the courtroom to broadcast hearings and any trials. McAfee is presiding over a sprawling indictment with 19 defendants. And the trials will play out in a battleground state Trump narrowly lost in 2020. McAfee took the bench just this year. But attorneys who've worked alongside him say his demeanor and years of work as a prosecutor have prepared him for heightened pressure. Democratic U.S. Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey is rejecting calls to resign, saying that nearly half a million dollars in cash found in his home was from personal savings, not from bribes. He predicted today that he would be exonerated in his federal bribery case and would still be, quote, New Jersey's senior and senator, unquote. An indictment, excuse me, an indictment alleges Menendez illegally took cash, gold bars, and a luxury car in exchange for using his position as chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee to help Egypt and New Jersey business associates. Democratic Party supporters for Menendez in the state, where he's held office for nearly five decades, has significantly eroded. Kosovo is observing a day of mourning for the Kosovar Albanian police officer killed by Serb gunmen in the north of the country in one of the worst confrontations since it declared independence from Serbia in 2008. About 30 masked men in combat uniforms opened fire on a police patrol early yesterday, killing one officer and injuring another before barricading themselves inside an Orthodox monastery. The clash raised tensions at a time when Serbia and Kosovo have been seeking to normalize ties. 
The U.S. and the EU have condemned the attack, but there are no further plans for talks between Belgrade and Pristina. And coming up, Emma Johnson will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast, and John Bogus will be in with the FM88 Sports Report. Stay with us. Golly, there's nothing to do. Wally's at baseball practice. Jane has her piano lesson. It's Friday afternoon and Timmy's having a little trouble with boredom. You know, Timmy, the best way to beat boredom is... Join an after-school program? Nice try. Take Sue to the malt shop? Not quite. Well, what is it? Listening to WMUL, of course. Why didn't I think of that? 88.1, right? You're catching on. Boredom will be a thing of the past once you listen to 88.1 WMUL. We are war veterans. And firefighters. Mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters. And kids at play. Each of us has experienced unimaginable pain, had countless surgeries and skin grafts. And emerged stronger. We are burn survivors. If you're one of us, please know you're not alone. There's an army of friends waiting to help you recover, renew, and return. Please support the Phoenix Society for Burn Survivors and help someone rise again. Visit phoenix-society.org for more information. Hmm, really dragging. I think I'm going to try some of those energy shots everybody's talking about. How about trying WMUL energy instead? WMUL energy? What's that? Only the best energy you can get. What flavors does it have? It comes in seven exciting flavors. Bluesberry, Jazz Pizzazz, Absolute Alternative, Resilient Rock, Ultimate Urban, Rejuvenating Gospel, and Moxie Mornings. Available everywhere, WMUL-FM's energy may be heard. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Emma Johnson, and now it's time for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. Currently outside the WMUL studios, it's a cloudy 71 degrees. Tonight, we'll dip down into the upper 50s, making it a wonderful night to hang out by a fire. Tomorrow, we'll see highs around 81 with lows near 62, making it a little bit warmer than it was today. As we look towards this Wednesday, we'll see highs in the upper 70s with lows in the 60s, and some rain showers are expected. Today in weather history, on this day in 1989, three cities in south-central U.S. reported record low temperatures for the date, including Topeka, Kansas, with a reading of 33 degrees, Binghamton, New York, with a low of 25 degrees. Showers and thunderstorms in the southeastern U.S. drenched Atlanta, Georgia, with 4.87 inches of rain, their sixth highest total of record for any given day. Thank you to weather4u.com for that information. And that does it for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. Currently outside the WMUL studios, it's a cloudy 71 degrees. For News Center 88, I'm Emma Johnson. Thanks, Emma. Now John Bogus joins us with the FM 88 Sports Report. To start today's FM 88 Sports Report, the Marshall football team has had an exciting weekend, defeating the Virginia Tech Hokies Saturday 17-24 at Jones C. Edwards Stadium. The game was the first that the Thundering Herd had served as host to a Power 5 program since it faced NC State in 2018. 
With the win, Marshall football is now 2-0 against Power 5 opponents in the Coach Charles Huff era, defeating Notre Dame this past season as well. Following the game, Marshall junior running back Rasheen Ali was named today the Sunbelt Conference Offensive Player of the Week. Ali had 174 rushing yards and two touchdowns, helping the herd defeat the Hokies. Ali has scored two touchdowns in all of the games Marshall has played this season. The kickoff for Marshall football versus NC State was also announced today. The herd will travel to Raleigh, North Carolina on October 7th to face the Wolfpack with a 2 p.m. kickoff. The game will also be nationally televised on the CW Network. Marshall will look to become 3-0 against Power 5 opponents in the Coach Huff era when it makes the trip for the first time since the 2017 season. Swinging over to Marshall men's golf news, the team traveled to Nashport, Ohio today to begin competition in the Virtues Intercollegiate. It is the team's second event this fall and the first it has traveled to this season. Marshall is one of 17 teams competing in the event, co-hosted by Miami, Ohio and Bowling Green. The first round of the event began this morning at 8.30 a.m. The participants will play 18 holes today, with the next 18 holes being played starting tomorrow morning. Passing it to Marshall Women's Soccer News, the Thundering Herd lost its second Sunbelt Conference matchup of the season yesterday. The South Alabama Jaguars shut out the Herd at Hoops Family Field with a final score of 2 to nil. The Jaguars are now 2-0 in conference play and remain unbeaten this season. The Herd is now 0-2 in conference play. The Jaguars' defense excelled in the matchup, not allowing the Herd to get a single shot on goal. Marshall will travel to Troy, Alabama Saturday to face its next Sunbelt Conference opponent, Troy. Troy is 0-2-1 in conference play. In Marshall Tennis News, the team finished play in Thunder in the Mountains Sunday with singles action against Cleveland State. Six members of the team picked up wins in seven of its matches. Emma Vander Hayden, Dorotija Yaksavich, Isling McGrain, Angela Lopasik, Emily Shute, and Sophia Hurrion were the members of the team who won. Lastly, in Marshall Athletics news, the number one ranked Marshall men's soccer team remains undefeated in the 2023 season. The Herd defeated number three ranked UCF Saturday in its second Sunbelt Conference match of the season. The Herd recorded a shutout at Hoops Family Field, defeating UCF 1-0. The attendance at Saturday's game was record-breaking for a soccer match in West Virginia, with 3,075 fans present. Marshall will play its final non-conference opponent of the season when it travels to Richmond, Virginia to face VCU Wednesday. To close out today's FM88 Sports Report, the NFL will have its second consecutive doubleheader of Monday night football games. With the Giants and the 49ers playing Thursday and 26 other teams in action yesterday, it leaves just the Philadelphia Eagles, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Los Angeles Rams, and Cincinnati Bengals left to play in week three of the season. The Eagles travel to face the Buccaneers at 7.15 p.m. on ABC and the Rams traveling to the Bengals at 8.15 p.m. on ESPN. That's all for today's FM88 Sports Report. For FM88 Sports... I'm John Boggess. Thanks, John. Coming up, Florida siblings ages 10 and 11 stopped while driving mom's car 200 miles from home. Stay with us to find out more right after this on News Center 88. Who 
was your hero when you were a kid? Neil Armstrong or Louis Armstrong? Roberto Clemente or Walter Cronkite? Rosa Parks or Sally Ride? You're the right age to do something you can be remembered for. Register to become an organ and tissue donor. Even if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s or beyond, any age is the right age to donate the gift of life. Learn how at organdonor.gov or call 1-866-99-DONATE. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. the worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage. Welcome back inside the Xfinity Center here in College Park, Maryland. Happy to have you with us on this Black Friday. Welcome back inside Little John Coliseum. 4.48 to go in the first quarter. Welcome back to Johnny Red Floyd Stadium. Welcome inside the Cole Center, everyone. The Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. And finally today on New Center 88... A 10-year-old Florida boy and his 11-year-old sister, who were running away to California, drove 200 miles in their mother's car before they were stopped by sheriff's deputies on the highway. The Aleutia County Sheriff's Office says deputies spotted the sedan on Interstate 75 early Thursday. The mother had reported the car stolen and her children missing hours earlier. The deputies thought they were dealing with car thieves, but were surprised to see two kids step out of the car instead. The children told detectives the girl was upset because their mother took away her electronic devices. They were released to their mother. And that does it for this edition of News Center 88. Tune in tomorrow at 5 for the most complete news from Marshall University and the tri-state area. And remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu slash WMUL. For Michaela Wheeler, Emma Johnson, John Bogus, Nathaniel Hara, and for the entire News Center 88 team, I'm Luke Hamilton, and your thought of the day is, if you could say it in words, there would be no reason to paint. Edward Harper.